I mean, well, let's let's make let's, this let's segment jump to BYU. Yeah, let's let's direct. Let's go with BYU. We talked a lot about this, that, that whole human sexuality thing and like the problems, not just with Elias Church that we a lot of us grew up in, but like just religion in general. Yeah. Like it's pretty toxic. But it could be a whole series. It could be an entire podcast. It, it could be so, an, an entire podcast. Yeah, but so we're gonna kind of like transition from out uh, uh, Xander's experience to. Uh, BYU and honor code issues yeah. and to how that, some of the toxic things that we discussed earlier, how those translate into the college level and yes. college age yes. demographic. So I can't speak too much about personal experiences involving me with the honor code because I was only at, um, at BYU for about half a semester and then I dropped out Technically, by dropout and left, I mean um, I I did half credit classes at once a year to keep my active status. Oh, yeah. So I I I took ski classes and ice skating classes. Oh, nice. <laughs> like I am a really good skier because. <laughs> but um, the one thing that kind of like um struck me as surprising is my first class there was um was a geology class and it, no not geology sorry geography geography not geology but um my professor thought it'd be a really really fun idea to um initiate it because it's it's just a study of like where things are and blah 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 blah, blah. um to say okay where did everybody, everybody go on their missions yeah. right so you know it's like well what do you expect they're going to talk about the mission because, you know, that's like the most accomplished thing that anybody there has done yet in their life. Because most of them are RMs, return missionaries. Yeah. Right. Um, but so it finally gets around to me and they ask me where I went. Now, um, right now, like I would probably say like I look about, you know, like early 20s, you know, like physically kind of look that way. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm 18. Back then, when I was 14, I looked almost the same. Oh, wow. I looked almost the same as I do now. I looked a bit younger. I looked a bit younger, but not much. So, they thought, and especially considering it was a, it was in a college situation and things like that. We were a tall guy and, like, you're... Yeah. Yeah, I'm six foot three now, and I was about six foot one then. Yeah. You know? But, um, so they, they get around to me, and I said, oh, well, I haven't gone on a mission. Right. Um, and for some reason, you know, my my dense brain didn't decide to disclose my age at that time because that would have just ended the conversation. There. They're like, oh, you're not old enough. Makes sense. Right. No, I'm like, oh, well, I haven't gone on a mission yet. And then he asked me, well, why is that? You know, and he was like concerned for me. I'm like, well, why are you concerned? You know, and um <laughs> He asked. He asked me my, my intentions, and I'm like, I'm not sure if I have intentions on going on a mission. And then he asked me, Well, why are you at the school? What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I but, know. Okay, you're supposed to be teaching geography, and you're like questioning about not only my morals, but mm-hmm. also like, yeah, that, that, hmm. wow. yeah, you know. And and eventually, I was just kind of like, you know, look. Um, the main reason that I haven't even gone anyway, I was kind of saying this just to please them. It's like, look, dude, I'm 14. Okay. 
and like what do you want from me? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Because I mean, I I, w- I wouldn't say my voice is particularly deep, but it's, but I'm I'm not like a you know like a squeaker, you know what I mean? But my my voice has also kind of sounded like this for the last five or so years, because you know because of a lot of reasons. I don't know why. Things that we would never know about because puberty is real and body is real. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, puberty is not real. Puberty is a hoax. It's it, it, it's it's a hoax. It's a hoax by the uh, pharmaceutical. You would know this if you had gone to LDS. <laughs> big 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 pharma trying to trick you. There's just a, a big void right around where your groin area is. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. No, no, no. Black hole. Yeah. Black hole. Yeah. Goodles uh, all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my voice sounded like this when I was there too. Right. So it's not like it was there. Was, there were there were no dead giveaways. I was that young. Yeah. Right. Um. But I said that I was I was that young, and they're like, "Oh, wow, okay, okay, okay." You know, the situation, you know, de-escalated and blah 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 blah. It wasn't like a big deal, but the reason I bring that up is because that was my first day. It was my first day, my first class, and from that first day, first class, I was already like, I don't really know if I want to be here. Yeah. Um, and I just had a, just a bunch of you know other experiences, and it was just also like the just the marriage culture. Also struck me as all kinds of weird, because like, because even like I I remember I had this one girl that asked me out on a date and I said no, right? Because I'm 14. It's a bit illegal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just a little bit illegal. Yeah, yeah. That's that could that's that could dicey. Her on the list for the rest of her life. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could that could that could put her in jail. That's not something that she wants. Plus, um. But seriously, she was literally, um, she was not shy about her intentions on getting married. She asked me out on a first date. We hadn't even gone on a date. And she, she was like, I'm dating to get married. I want to get married before the semester's over. I'm like, yo, what? Okay. <laughs> yo. She's planning on going on a date. And within four months um, of this said date, she's going to be wet. Yes. I mean, is that so out out of the box for BYU standards? Well, yeah she 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 didn't say that she wanted to get married by the time the semester was over. She said she wanted to get engaged, which is basically oh, the same thing. Different. Oh wow, that is so the process so takes different. at least two weeks. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, two weeks, right? But she's like. I'm I'm wanting to get engaged. And I want to get married. I want to get engaged at least by the time the semester's over. And I'm like, well, you know what? Look, there's a couple problems here. One, I'm a child. I'm a child. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm 14. <laughs> and then she just leaves. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, God bless, God bless. But like, for me, like that's always struck me as so so strange because for me, um, I've been in this wonderful relationship for the last four months. Um, this is a girl I met at the beginning of last semester. You know, we've been friends. We were, we were friends for a few months before we even started dating. But we started dating like four, about four-ish months ago. And only a couple of weeks ago did we, re- did we make the decision to actually start being exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Before that, we were just kind of dating, just trying to kind of like figure out, do we want to be with each other? Mm-hmm. It, t- it took us four months to actually get to the point where we we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down to kind of go steady, right? Yeah. Like, is is that not like 
the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, like, right. And in that girl's mind at BYU, she would have been engaged or married at this point where you're just getting to the point where like, okay, let's stick with this person. Yes. And see where it goes. Yeah. And even so, we're still learning about each other. We're still mm-hmm. getting to know yeah. each other. Like, and it's, yeah, and, and that's, like, that's sort of Ian Haley work for a lot. So we, she, we've known each other since junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked me out on the date, um, May of last year. Mm-hmm. And I was living like three hours away. And so we would like, I would drive up, she would drive down, and we would kind of like do things and we would meet. Like spend we, weekends. We never explicitly like, like said we were like. Yeah, we, we never put a label on it until a couple months in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like then, maybe a month or two after you were back. I yeah, think. I think I was probably telling people that she was my girlfriend before she knew. <laughs> that's that's kind of what happened. That's kind of what happened with me because Rude, yeah, how dare I, you? I, I mean, there was it was it was there was no consent involved. Um, <laughs> I was just really stoked. Um, yeah, but no, and like and and then we we've done sort of this thing where I would like spend a bunch of nights at her place, and then we finally decided to move in together. We were planning to do like a lot of next, like this summer. Mm-hmm. But then this place came up and we were excited, excited. We jumped on it. And so, but, but it's worked out. And, but it's been like, um, I think the time that me, it took between me and Haley, even um, like really being like an exclusive couple, it was like the same amount of time that my sister, who's active LDS, was engaged to her husband. Yeah. So it's, it's a completely different time scale. And yeah, it is because, like, at least for me, um, I prefer to take things slow. Like, because I've I've had a lot of you know just kind of like bad experiences and things like that. So for me, for the for for me the first time dating, you know, in a few years, like I really want to take things slow and figure out okay, what exactly am I comfortable with, and also, are me and her communicating? That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Are we actually communicating what we want, what we're comfortable with, right? Because. Because you can get to a situation and be kind of caught in the moment and then go home and it's like, I wasn't okay with that. And then there are problems. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I, I, f- I feel like her and I are doing doing really, really well. But it's like, at the same time, it's really, really slow. And being kind of brought up, even in that, like, mentality, even, 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 so, even though, like, the BYU mentality kind of struck me as odd, what what's what's happening now, which I think is actually really really healthy mm-hmm. at the moment, is like it's also striking me as odd, even though it's it's you know not wrong at all. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, if people want to go faster and and you know they're both fine with going faster, that's fine. You know, for me, I go slower. That's that's also fine. But just this whole culture of getting married in three months is so mm-hmm. weird. It's so weird because it's pretty damaging. Yeah, yeah, because. Yeah, because for me and the girl I'm dating, her name is Holly, right? We've known each other for six months, been dating for four of those, and we've been kind of hanging out consistently the whole time. Because um, her and I have classes together, we see each other every day at school, you know, it's like, and I'm still getting to know her. And I'll still probably, you know, like, I wouldn't be ready to say, oh, hey, let's get married. I don't know her well enough. I don't know her nearly well enough to get married. Yeah. Well, and you probably, and I, and I'm not even like ready for that. <laughs> well, and ideally, like you, I mean, people are constantly changing. Yes, yeah, like, mm-hmm. and the, and that's that's the, like that's the joy of like a relationship. That's yeah, why relationships yeah. last. Like, but it's are, can you can you grow together? And yeah, can, exactly. And can you accompany each other on that journey of changing for a lifetime? You know, or right. are you going to get 
landlocked, you know, you're going to lock in to wherever you're at, 20 years old, and kind of badger each other down mm-hmm. as you grow. And it's it's also one thing that I found kind of really ironic, even even at that age, was um, people aren't sensitized to get married so early, so young, and so fast. But on the flip side, divorce is also demonized. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no. It's, Wildly. It's like, there's a weird like kind of double narrative where it's like, oh, God has a plan for you, and he knows who you're going to marry, and he's going to make it so good. But it's also like, um, you can make it work with anybody, like, just just get married and work at it. It's not, you know, you're going to have to work. But, like, I think people skip over a lot of compatibility issues because they date someone they're attracted to, and they're pleasant because they're dating. It's like their manners are up, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they get into this, um, like, no-compete agreement. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's like, oh, now I can be... Now I don't have to try. Yeah, I don't have to try on to be a. They may yeah. become pretty toxic, right? right exactly, because um, and some people feel trapped because of that divorce. Yeah, exactly, and that's like in the marriage, right? That's you're already married at that point, like um, because um, you know, me and Holly, my girlfriend, what we're doing right now um is we're tr- we're trying to kind of like break those formalities down and kind of really get genuine moments happening. And when those genuine moments happen, we're, we're going to have to get a couple hours of conversation just talking real person to real person. The masks are gone from the day and the formalities and the jokes are gone. And we talk and we understand each other, right? And we talk about all sorts of stuff just in an effort to get to know, okay, what is the real person here? You know, what are the morals? What are the values? What are the, what are the passions, Right. And it's, I, I feel like that's just hugely important because how, how are you supposed to marry somebody that you don't even, even know outside of those formalities? Because they love Jesus and you love Jesus. And if you both love Jesus together, Jesus will make the relationship work. I mean, let's, let's all love Jesus together. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know what? We're getting married already. Like, oh, let's, I'm, pro- I'm proposing right now, Justin. I've got some, oh, oh wow, I do, first of all. I'm sorry, Haley. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I, 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 I mean, you know what? Polygamy has been a tradition. You Are know? we gonna flip the script? Am I gonna have multiple husbands? No, we're no. So we're no, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be one of the. He's gonna be the central focal point. He's the patriarch of the He is the tallest. I am the tallest. So he could fight it. He he could be any of us into submission at any point. Makes <laughs> right. him the strongest uh, mate. So yes. Um, this is logical. I like okay. Yeah, right. yeah. So, and, and I also have those real good Mormon genes. Mm. Right? Mm. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's we can't compete, honestly. Honestly. You know, he came into our house and he just <laughs> married us off to ah, himself. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it's gonna be. Like, you you have to accept it. <laughs> well, I, I just think about like the um so like something that I've I've been affected by my entire life as long as I can remember is seasonal affective disorder. Yes. And like, if someone dated me in the spring and dated all the way through a happy spring and a happy summer and a happy fall and then they got married on like November 11th and then they dealt with me through December, January, February, they would have a really hard time. Like, that's just, that's just the reality of 
my life and like my psyche have been better, but like it's there's there's a marked difference between how I am in the summertime versus how I'm in the wintertime. And like yes. that's that like those kinds of differences yeah. everyone has. Like right. long term psychological fluctuations, you know. Yeah, and it's it's hard to talk about problems that right? Yeah. Because you don't want to scare the person off. You don't want to say, Oh, I have I have you know, either whether it be just baggage or problems or just things that are just going on. You know what I mean? You don't want to say that to, to your romantic interest at all. Why do you want to, you know, you know, be honest about things like that? You're going to scare them off. You're going to be like, you're, you're going to tell them, oh, I'm not strong. Right. But like, like I don't have my shit together. Yeah, exactly. But um, with with kind of like me and Holly, we've, we've tried to be honest about things like that recently. And it's it's been it's been working because not only do I feel like I can be honest and genuine with her about you know, what's going on in my life. And when something comes up, I can be genuine in my reaction. I can't just say, oh, yeah, you know, it'll, it'll be fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine about it. You know, no, no worries, no worries. But I can, I can be genuine and say, this shit sucks. And it's going to take me a while to actually kind of get through this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to need help. Yeah, that's, right. so, that's so healthy because it's... Yeah. It's not a fairy tale, you know? No, like, and relationships... But moments are yeah. fairy tale. Like there's, yeah, there's exactly. so, every every relationship you have, like there's going to be those peaks and those low points, and yeah. it's like you have to evaluate together. Like, um, are the are the peaks worth the low points? Are we are our baseline is that mid average? Just are running together? Like, does it work? And that takes that takes some time. It takes some honesty. And it takes some transparency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's hard. Because especially a committed relationship is always is always work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's 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 not easy. Like it's gonna have its ups and its downs, but a relationship's never easy, you know. As, especially especially a healthy one, because you are, you know, constantly checking in with the other person. And guess what? You and the other person are constantly having struggles, and those struggles are actually you're you're cooperating and you're collaborating with them on those. And there's there's a lot of empathy involved, and there's a lot of hard decisions that you have to make. It's like, okay, um, she's dealing with this right now. What do I do? What can I do? What what kind of decisions do I make to make things better for us? And those are hard decisions to make, and there's never a clear right answer, you know. But it, but because kind of bringing it back, it's it's not just this fairy tale of like, oh, you know, God chose this person for me, and things are going to be perfect. No, everybody's different. <laughs> but yeah, just it just kind of makes me upset that that people kind of that that um that the church is kind of letting people get kind of lulled into the sense of relationship. That false just, sense of security yeah, of false, well, yeah. God's just gonna make it work. Yep, yeah. God's just gonna make it work. We just have to have faith. How about have faith in each other and believe in each other and your relationship and you know, put put the effort in to make it work for yourselves and be who you are and who you're, you know, who you feel you're supposed to be. Like, yeah. want to be yourself. I'm putting, like, so one of the reasons, I don't, I know we were going to, I actually really like the way that this conversation's gone. And I want to have, like, I kind of like this format for the podcast and like for the future. Like, mm-hmm. do a deep dive into the individual experiences of some of the people in the club like yeah yeah we've done like a little bit of it but like done a little light like oh here's my overall little story no this is this is really cool to just get a 
you know, just a really deep, like, what experiences led you to where you are today? But, like, um, talking about, I know we've mentioned, we were going to touch on it, was the, the whole BYU, uh, there's just some stuff going on right now with the protests. Oh. And I don't know how much of, I don't know how much we are, um, I guess, qualified to kind of touch on the subject of, LGBTQ relationships, um, but this is like a huge hot button issue at BYU right now where they took out from their honor code very specific wording about um, LGBTQ um, expressions of love or romantic interest from the honor code, kind of leading, and then they people were like, wait, what does this mean? Honor code office says that means that, you know, that people who um, they, they can express those feelings of love for each other on campus without repercussions from the honor code office. Mm-hmm. So all these people come out, and then the church comes out like two weeks later and say, hey, that's not what we meant, and actually this stuff is still bad. And like all of these people will be in trouble, and there's actual you know, consequences and problems. Hold on, let me, let me get this straight. <laughs> so, BYU honor code office said, okay, it's cool to do this stuff. So for two weeks, people are being gay, right? Yeah, they're kissing yeah. in front of the Brigham Young statue. Right. Yeah, they're kissing coming, like, closeted people are finally coming out. Right. So, okay, you, you've got all these people, um, preface, I'm prefacing this with satire, all these people sitting on campus for two weeks, okay? Satire, satire, okay, we're good. <laughs> sitting on campus for two weeks, okay? And then the church comes out and says, okay, all, all the people that sinned over these last two weeks, guess what? It's actually still bad. And all the stuff that you've done over the last two weeks, you're going to get punished for. That's what they're saying? Um, basically, like it's, it's pretty complicated, but it's like there was a big, a big divide between people who are like all the progressive young Mormons who are like, I like my faith, but I want to be uh, loving to people who are different than me. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. there's the other group that's very conservative who's like, we believe in like a fundamentalist version of like Latter-day Saint religion, Bible prophet, and like gay people are not okay, different gender identities are not okay, all these things are not okay. And um, they're kind of butting heads. Yeah. And there was violence between the two groups um, actually from the the more left-leaning side towards the more right-leaning side. The, the, there was a Deseret Nationalist person reading the family family of proclamation to the world, which is the LDS document on their stance on um, basically the only accepted version of the family is a straight nuclear mm-hmm. family. And a, one of the more like left-leaning progressive, one of the girls from that crowd came up and like, physically attacked him. And like there was wow. drama and there's all sorts of fighting on Twitter and from what I've seen and just um, it's really interesting seeing the division but uh, yeah it's, it's something that I've been talking to Kaylee a lot about just because I'm, I'm fascinated by it it's kind of this divide and where that might lead sort of like just the religious spiritual people of mm-hmm. BYU where it can take them what it, I think it might lead to like a pretty massive breaking point for a lot of them yeah. So that's a big thing for BYU to just kind of turn their back on in a way, kind of like, because you make it sound like they were fairly clear in 
what those changes implemented, what those changes meant, and then they kind of went back on it. Well, from my understanding, and that's just the church recently changed the handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, just just a FYI for everyone who's listening, um, LDS doctrine has never changes and has never changed. Not um, a not a single time. But it, never once in the history of the entire world has LDS doctrine changed, but it does change fairly regularly, just as far as policy. Oh, all and, the time. And doctrine and commandments and rules, um, rituals and um, dress and yeah, just. About every one and a half years, there's a pretty major change, but it never changes. So there's that. Um, but yeah, they recently changed the handbook and they clarified a few things. They're trying to be trying to walk a really weird line of like not condemning gay people, but, but not, not condoning. condoning. So gay people really have no rights within the church, but they as long I mean they do as long as they're not gay. As long as they're not acting gay. Yeah, yeah, you can say you're gay and then be straight and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't like as, as far as the, like the scope of the church goes, it doesn't matter like what you identify your sexuality as, it matters what you do. Yeah, exactly. Right? So let's say um for me personally, I'm bisexual, right? I've never had any, you know, sexual interactions with another man, primarily because of, you know, church things and now I'm, you know, in a relationship with a girl and things like that. So that's probably not gonna happen. But anyway. I digress because, um, because I'm bisexual, I kind of, you know, sought out people online, right? Mm-hmm. Not people to date, but people to just kind of discuss with, right? And so I, I ran into a lot of kind of just kind of positive people in the church and things like that. And a lot of, a lot of what they were saying was like, well, yeah, I can be as, I can, you know, say as many gay things as I want and feel as gay as I want to feel. But the, at the end of the day, my actions have to be heteronormal. They yeah. have to be hetero. You see like these books and blog posts and videos about guys who are like, oh, well, I'm gay and I'm attracted to men. And then I married my wife and I had these kids and we're so happy and we're doing great. And then you read like later, like the church will never help us on you, but like you read up on you guys later and they got divorces. They yeah. married other men. Yeah, I know like, someone who's Honestly, that's the entire story is um, got married, had kids, was gay the entire time, got fed up with it, got divorced, got married to love of his life. They moved out of state and they're just happy as can be now. It's, it's hard. It's such a complex, sad kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's hard to comment on on this subject, even though it fascinates me, just because I, I'm i not gay, I'm a straight male. I mean, I... Just I mean, epitome of evil. I, well, I mean, like, and I don't go to BYU, and I don't... I mean, it's just like, there's not a whole lot of skin in the game that mm-hmm. I have here. And it's... It's like a... But it, it does interest me, because I, I mean, human rights interest me. Yes. And people being treated like humans interest me. And the arguments that come from EYU, I mean, they and they, you know, they talk about, you know, like, well, this is this is a private school, and you can tell, you can talk about this. You've been, you know, and I, and I, they're like, well, if they're gay, if they want to break the laws of God, they can go to a different school. But like, at what point do you draw the line on bigotry? Like, 
if they were just like, you know what, we just hate black people and we do not want them on campus and we do not want them in our school and we're going to treat them like shit and we're going to kick them out if they're black. Well, that's actual discrimination. They can wear white face to school if they want. If they choose to be black, they have to, there are repercussions. And then they're just like, well, if you're black and you want to come to our school, then like, just find a different school. Just be white. Why would you come to a school where you could just be, where, where you'd be persecuted? That's dumb. Like, go to a less bigoted school. But like, where do you drop? Like, why is that okay with gay people? But why is it not okay with other minorities? And even, even, like, one fascinating topic with BYU is that they will treat, because they, it's not all LDS people that go to that school. No. But, but, so like, if you are a Muslim, and you come into BYU as a Muslim, and you convert to Christianity, there is no problem. In fact, they might, you might even be more favored in a lot of ways. But if you come in as a Christian and you convert to Islam, or if you just lose your faith, you are in hot water because you lose your ecclesiastical endorsement. You cannot attend that school anymore. Even if you follow the honor code, like there is some serious repercussions for yeah. your faith as a Christian. And I'm pretty sure, um, if I remember right, there is different tuition charges for members versus non-members. Oh, absolutely. Well, because I think it's tied in subsidized, which makes sense. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's like almost double tuition for non-members to go to BYU. Yeah. You know? Plus, it's like what non-member in their right mind would actually want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I have I have my problems with BYU, especially just just the honor code. And this, this doesn't necessarily have to do with um, the controversies coming out right now, especially with the LGBTQ community and things like that. But just the um, just how they handle sexual assault in general. Oh yeah, is awful. it's disgusting. It's bad because um, I have a relative um, that went to BYU about well, I want to say like twenty years ago. This is a long time ago, and. Um, she was seeing this guy. I think she's going cool, right? So, um, you know, like, are you familiar with like BYU housing or anything like that? Not super. Um, Not super. Kind of, a little. Okay. I know that getting a house in Provo sucked because everything was, <laughs> <laughs> had a noose on it from the church. Yeah, no, BYU housing is bad. But and one one thing about it is there's like like <clears throat> lines that you know like in, in the girls' housing there's lines that the boys can't cross. I think it's like that, right? Like actual physical lines on the ground. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. It's either an actual like physical, like there is an actual oh. yellow line, or it's just I like think I've seen pictures. Or or there's yeah. or there's just like you know, oh, everybody knows that they can't cross the threshold. This is the threshold's a line. No, but, well, I've had friends who like um, have lived in BYU housing, and they're. I mean, it's usually a little bit more chill because they're same human individuals, but it's like, oh, technically you can't come in our room, or technically you can't use our bathroom. Like, we yeah. they'd invite me over for a party, and you'd be like, according to BYU, you could not use the girls' bathroom, because it was a girls' apartment that's BYU condoned housing. You couldn't go in the bathroom, you couldn't go in the bedroom, you could only stay in living spaces. Wow. And yeah, exactly. obviously no one followed that, but it was like, if someone chose to report you, then the girl who... But you were in a room. Party, yeah. Yeah, like like if you're like even just I just friends. It was always just friends, and like we would hang out, and there would be something going on in the main area, so you want to hang out in your room, and it's like <laughs> if you even if you went to BYU or even if you went to UVU, if you were in that housing, 
they could kick you out of your house because you had a guy in your room. Okay, like a strictly platonic friend who's just hanging out, mm-hmm. like listening to music and chilling. It's like, <laughs> it's so bizarre. And they, these are adults. These are grown ass men and women who are treated like this. Yes. And it's bad. Self enforced this stuff. Like, yeah, self policing. Yeah. So the story goes. Um, it's not a nice story. It's not a funny story. And it's a, it's a sad story. But what happens is um, he walks her back to her apartment. And um, they both go in, which is the no-no. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the no-no. Because she let him into her apartment. So now she's at fault, right? Yeah. He rapes her. And she's at fault. He's not. She's at fault. She gets kicked out. Wow. Does she gets he kicked. suffer any repercussions? Not to my knowledge. Ooh, wow. He instigated this. She asked for it because she invited him inside her threshold. Yes. Like a vampire. So, she was kicked out of housing. She was kicked out of school. She worked at BYU. So, she lost her school, her job, and her living space. She lost everything because somebody raped her. Jesus no. Christ. Wow. So she um, she gets involved in drug abuse and things like that. Um, and she ends up doing just a lot of things that she just wouldn't have had, had to have done otherwise. Like, I mean, you know, she, she moves out of state and then starts selling her body for money because she has no other way to make money. money. You know, and it's just like so many horrible things because... Something happened to her. The school just dropped her into this rock bottom. Yes, seriously. Like, she lost her house, her job, and her education. Yeah, and the thing with, with, with the church education is you could be three and a half years into that. You could be uh, four classes from being done. Yeah, and just lose it all because you can't try. They'll just fucking take it away. It's, yeah, it's, it, 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 it makes me upset. Fortunately, now there's a happy ending to the story. Okay. Um, she now is happily married in a healthy relationship with wonderful children, and she's she's doing well now. That's the happy ending. It took her a long time to get here. I bet. And she's no longer than anyone should ever have to. She's in her fifties now, but um, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was really, really bad. And that, like, ugh. because even so, even be, like, she knows that she did let him into her house, right? But even if she did let him into her, her house, how does anybody else know, right? How, how do they not know that he forced himself into the house, right? Yeah. No, it's you know, like how are, how are they just going to believe? Like, like plus at, at, at the same time, it's like how is um, her letting a guy into her apartment less okay? Yeah, like how is that less okay? No, and there's there's so many of those, those issues that come up, and like that's why I've been kind of interested in it. It's just like I'm just, I'm just concerned about seeing like. Like grown ass men and women infantilized and indoctrinated to the point where they're self policing adult activities mm-hmm. and condoning bigotry 
on behalf of yeah, it's it's just like and it's it's pretty motivating to see that there's people within the church who are kind of pushing back and being like, you know what? I'm gonna draw a line here between my spirituality and my morality. Exactly. Yeah. And there's people who can't, right? And then and the reason I'm not a church is because I couldn't I couldn't draw like I can't draw that line because it's not honest. It's like the church is fundamentally bigoted. There's no way to get around that. But if they want to, you know, do the mental gymnastics to get there to treat people right, then like that is more condonable than people who treat people wrong. Because because people are getting treated right. I could care less what your personal beliefs are, but like, yeah, it's the actions. It's like, do you do you harass other people? Do you are you a bully? Are you trying to remove rights from an entire section of the population? Like these those are the kinds of things that are are kind of at play here in these situations. And something I'm grateful for at BYU, I feel like the uh, queer individuals are pretty accepted. Like we're right as you walk in, one of the main entrances at UVU is a huge mural that says like you don't have to be queer to be accepted here. It's the LGBTQIA plus yeah, uh, student services. Student services. Yeah. And it's right there, like right at the entrance and everywhere you go, there's um, advertisements for support groups, for all for kinds of group counseling, individual yeah. counseling. Yeah. Like, and, the, and there's I mean there there are therapy opportunities for every demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I'm really proud of being like a UVU student for even if there are like a like a largely conservative religious population in UVU, it doesn't show in the, in the programs. The programs yeah. accept a lot of different, like I've had so many, like just a lot of different varieties of people. And a lot of them came from actually, I met, I met a guy in one of my classes who was at BYU-Idaho and had to transfer because they found out he was gay. And he was like redoing half of his degree because half the credits didn't transfer. He was brilliant. He was so good at math. And he's like, yeah, I'm just in the stats class literally because I'm like, the entire class and he just had to get the, <laughs> the credits. Yeah. It was, it was sad. Yeah. It's sad to see like people who he could have been done. He could have been graduated had a husband he was living, you know, he, he could have just been moved on and doing whatever he wanted to do after school. But he was, you know, over here taking classes. <laughs> I take him twice. Was, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a. Man, it is a. I, I, that's why I, I think it's an interesting debate to have. Like, where do you, where do you say, like, okay. Like, yeah, you have religious freedom, but, like, you got to stop being mm-hmm. a piece of shit to these people. Like, yeah. Who do, we, who do we give protection? Like, I mean, 50 years ago, the amount of people who had protection is way less than we had now. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to draw the line because, like, an easy answer that seems, you know, all-encompassing, but really isn't when you actually, like, think about it a little bit more is, oh, we'll just let people practice religion just on their own. It can't affect anybody else. Just let them do their own thing on their own. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But what about um, all the other religious practices that are in that doctrine that say, actually, hey, go out and convert people. Go out and spread your message and be strong and steadfast in your beliefs in the church. And, yeah, it's, 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 it's weird to be like, where do you draw that line? It's like, yes, you have freedom of religion. We're not 
because then then you'll get a poly, like you know you'll get people that kind of pull the power so like well now you're discriminating against me even though you don't you don't want to be discriminated you know what I mean that's mm-hmm. they're like hypocrisy and it's 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 uh, it's it's hard to draw that line isn't it like I, I don't I don't know the answer so I've been reading a book um, on the founding of the United States written um, by Andrew Seidel who is a uh, he's a constitutional lawyer <laughs> and he studies. The Constitution and just founding documents of the United States, and he argues very—he's probably the most prominent person I can think of in the fight for separation of church and state right now because he—he he shows in this book how the, the United States was founded on on separation of church and state um, because. Well, for a lot of reasons, but for one reason, so it's to protect religion, because the only way to get a a truly protected freedom of religion is to get it out of the government completely, which has been infracted upon multiple times in the past two hundred years. But he also talks about how the founding fathers saw the kinds of governments that were instituted by the Puritans and the Pilgrims, where you know they they so the whole. Narrative. Oh, they fled religious persecution. They fled religious pers- persecution from England to Denmark, where it was okay to believe whatever you wanted, including it was a haven for atheists and free thinkers. And they didn't like that because they didn't want freedom of religion. They wanted um, theocracy. So then they left there. They go here and they establish these brutal regimes of of their enforcing their beliefs on everyone, um, murdering. Course of Native Americans and murdering even their own fellow settlers because they were Quakers instead of Puritan or they were Protestants instead of uh, Anglicans. It's like they slaughtered just in cold blood women, women, and children, burned them alive. And the founding fathers saw that and were like, no, like, <laughs> we, we do not want theocracy. We want, they, they literally invented like this. Uh, government of you know freedom of religion and it's like I start I see that like even working for a city like kind of trying to like um, I was working on like a, a building footprints layer and people had like categories in for temples and churches and things and I was like trying to you know like what are we putting these in are we linking them with you know we're going to say they're all religious buildings we're saying they're all church buildings and it's like oh they're all classified as civic buildings so I classify them all as civic so like and like even like uh, using churches as like political voting places. Yeah. Like it's, it's like we need. I feel like there needs to be like we need to separate education. We need to separate. That's a whole other podcast. But like it, it is. It is something that's. I think that everyone that has skin in the game has an argument. Mm-hmm. It's like people who are being persecuted don't want to be persecuted. The people who are persecuting say, "Well, this is our private religious institution." So we can do whatever we want, and it's like, well, what, what, do we, what needs to change? Does anything need to change? Do we just need to kind of let them stay in their own little private dark ages? <laughs> like, do we need to prioritize anything particularly? Do we um, have true, genuine freedom of religion where it's an all-out real battle royale, and everybody's just you know trying to hurt everybody, or or is or is there some kind of human? human rights discussion to be had as well. And I mean it's it's just 
it's a question with so many dimensions because every demographic has to be addressed. Yeah. Even those that aren't religious. And oh. and racial demographics and sexual yeah. demographics, all those yeah. kind of things have to be addressed. And I don't have a comprehensive answer. There's a lot more to be explored here. And I want to do more deep dives into like, like I'm thank to you for coming personal on. Personal member stories. Yeah. 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 Like talking about your life and where you came from and how it affected you. Because yeah, it's been fascinating.